This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Hey everybody, welcome back to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us. We got lots to talk about, of course, Raiders camp underway now in Henderson. And so we're going to go through some of that. Our special guest today, one of our favorite guys in the business, Jesse Merrick from News 3 Las Vegas. He covers the team. He's in the building every day, knows his football. He's been on the show before. So we're going to talk to him about that and get his impression of kind of what's going on in the building and what's happening with the Raiders as they get ready for this big training camp. Uh, later on, we're going to do position breakdown. We're going to do defensive line. Yes, we know kind of the improvement at edge, but what about inside that push that Mo and I have talked about so much here on the show? How are they going to get it? Who's going to be the leading candidates to take the roles there and who's going to be in the rotation uh, to do that? So now I bring in my co-host, that is Mr. Mo Moten. He's senior writer at Bleacher Report, as well as being the lead columnist over at sportsnot.com. Mo, here we go again. We're getting into the camp talk. Get into camp. Uh, rookies reported Monday. Well, we're report well reported Monday, and Wednesday the veterans will follow. And then from then on, the journey is on to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and I said, yes, I said Super Bowl, not just to make the playoffs and win a game in the playoffs, <laughs> but get to a Super Bowl. That is the goal. There you have it, everybody. Mo said the Raiders are winning the Super Bowl. He said it right there. No, <laughs> he said they. He said they should want to win the Super Bowl. So don't hold them to that. But we'll get more into how this team is getting geared up. Now we add in our special guest. We're uh, glad uh, to bring along with us uh, Jesse Merrick, who is no stranger to this show. Jesse, thanks for joining us here on Silver and Black today. For sure, guys. I can't believe we're already talking training camp. It's pretty incredible that it's already almost here, especially when you think about everything that's you know transpired from the end of the season till now. It's setting up for a pretty exciting year. It is. There's so much going on. By the way, for those of you watching the video on YouTube, Jesse's got a, a Raiders painting behind him. There it is. So so before you get crazy and say, well, that looks like a kid did it, Jesse, explain to us what that painting is, how it was made. Yeah, so here, I'll slide all the way so you guys can see it a little more. But uh, essentially, one of our photographers, he painted this one, Jeff Burris. He actually painted it with a ketchup bottle. It's supposed to be a little more <laughs> abstract. And uh, he said, he's like, hey, man, you want it? And I was like, heck yeah, man, like throw it up there, you know, represent Raider Nation in the office. Obviously, I got a lot of the Vegas sports stuff in my office here. 
Um, you know, so I wanted to show Jeff some love with his painting. It gets a lot of pub. A lot of times when I'm doing zooms and stuff, it always catches people's eye because it is, you know, a little more on the unique side. So uh, I love having it back there. Yes, I love being in the inter sanctum over at News 3 with Jesse. He's got his lights, which is the USL soccer team. He's got his aces. So he's got the Mark Davis ownership group represented up there. Well, we see the Foley's off to the You got the whole Vegas thing going, uh, which is all, which is awesome. You got it all. And of course, we're going to talk about Raiders. Uh, I'm in a hotel room here in Vegas, actually, uh, not in my usual studio, which is why I have I have this weird painting, which I don't know. I think I think that is that, that as cool as yours, yours, Jesse. But <laughs> yeah, who, who painted that one, Scott? <laughs> I, I don't know. You have to ask Caesars Entertainment Group, uh, whoever they buy their stuff from. Uh, but Jesse, let's let's dive in because, you know, you are a guy in the building every day. You cover this team uh, really, really well. Uh, I want to start first with kind of you know, the, 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 the tumultuous offseason. You talked about a little bit with all the changes, most of them great, right? But at the same time, they had some issues with defections, the lawsuits, the Dan Ventrell issue. They bring in somebody I'm really excited about because of her Las Vegas roots. That's Sandra Douglas Morgan. For people outside of Las Vegas, because Raider Nation is international, for people outside Las Vegas, though, share with us kind of the mood around her taking over and what it means to have – a native Las Vegas. Yes, she moved there when she's two, but that counts. Uh, for her to be in charge in the market where the team is continuing to build its base locally. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement around this hire, which, you know, probably isn't something you can say a lot, you know, in terms of a team hiring a president. Um, you know, for this one, the fact, again, like you noted, moved here when she was two, but for all intents and purposes, she's Vegas born through and through. And really, I think when you look at it, I believe I'm going to butcher this title because I have a million times already because I, I stick to sports. <laughs> I don't work in a lot of the gaming things and stuff. But she was the uh, head of the gaming control board or something to that effect out here uh, for multiple years. Has worked in many different roles throughout the gaming industry. Has contacts up the wazoo. I mean, whoever it is that she's trying to contact is going to pick up the phone. And I think that's massive. And again, just having those ties to Vegas is even bigger as, you know, the Raiders continue to kind of ingrain themselves in this market here in Las Vegas and really continue to grow here. I think it was a great hire. You know, she was up there funny, obviously very intelligent, very well spoken, you know, really commanded the room. And, you know, we always say this with coaches, you know, they won the press conference that they didn't. I think she knocked this one out of the park, did a great job in this one, was fielding every single question, you know, with ease and said she's not running or hiding from any of the things that have happened there before. She's coming in ready to take on those things, you know, head on and said she plans to meet with every employee in that building to talk with them, you know, to try and see how she can improve this organization, you know, from the inside out. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's so important. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mo. I like what you said about her meeting those challenges head on and i noted that in a previous episode that she wasn't afraid to address what had been going on in the front office so now that the raiders have their president in place could we expect more hires coming in behind her because as you know there's a lot of turnover in the front office over the past year yeah you know i wouldn't be shocked you know when, when anytime there's someone new that comes in i think you know anything can happen you know new faces can come in at, at any level no matter where that is you know so I think as she really kind of sinks her teeth into it, and she noted in her interactive press conference, you know, I haven't had a chance to really dive in and do all that stuff yet. So as she starts that process, I can almost guarantee there's going to be some hires that do come in, uh, you know, where she starts to really realize like, okay, this is where I need help. Because one thing Mark Davis has always said, you know, for him is he, he knows he doesn't know how to do everything. So he delegates. And I think that's something that she's also going to come in and do and say, okay, hey, look, these are some of the problems or the things I want to fix. These are the people that I need to help me do that. And I'd imagine those are the people that uh, she'll bring in, you know, again, to kind of try and help it and move that part of the uh, organization forward. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No doubt about it. And Jesse, the thing Mo and I have talked a lot about on the show here is, and, and we're not there every day, right? So, but we sense the difference in the organization with Dave Ziegler, with Josh McDaniels, and the way they go about business. To me, it's very palpable from the outside. And of course, the reports we get from you guys uh, on the field every day, out there at practice, in the building, has been that. Talk to us a little bit about how you perceive the kind of vibe around the building and how business is being different or done differently under the current regime. Yeah. I mean, you notice it right away when you go out to practice because they're a million miles away. It's much like the Patriots <laughs> you need some binoculars to be able to see, you know, what you're looking at at practice, but all kidding aside, honestly, you know, it's a much more, I don't want to say business-like because the guys are still out there having fun. And Josh has made a point, you know, to say, look, he, he wants his guys to be able to do their thing, to, you know, to do the thing that's gotten them to this point in the NFL. But it is also the thing that I keep kind of hearing over and over and over again throughout a lot of the guys, anytime they do any media availabilities with us or anytime they're on any other podcasts and things like that, is they all talk about the detail with this coaching staff and this new regime as a whole, including Dave Ziegler. You know, not to say that Gruden and Bisaccia and those guys didn't have the detail, but certain coaches obviously concentrate on different things. And that's the thing that sticks out to me is just the vast amount of detail that comes in with this Josh McDaniel staff. I was recently listening to Foster Moreau talk about it, uh, you know, on a podcast recently. And he was saying, you know, instead of each of them kind of breaking off into their own groups on offense, at least they're all meeting together. So they're all learning the scheme as a whole and learning what the running backs do, what the offensive linemen do, what the receivers are doing. So it's like kind of a wholesale learning process for everyone involved so that they can say, Hey, look, I know what X guy, you know, whatever guy is doing on this play and what his aim is. And that can help me, you know, create a better opening for him or, or whatever it is in any situation. And I think that's a really unique way to go about it. Cause so many times you see them breaking off into these groups more often than not. And it is kind of the secular, you know, the way he described it, I think was as mercenaries a bit. Well, now it's all one whole collective thing. And I think that's going to be very beneficial for the team, you know, cause again, when you're learning a new scheme, there's so much that goes into it, but having a command of the entire thing, if you know what the receivers are doing, if you're a tight end, if you know what the offensive linemen are doing, if you're a receiver, that's just going to help your understanding of the offense as a whole and can kind of help push things forward faster. So, Jesse, with training camp kicking off, I want to get your quick opinion. Uh, what group, what position group are you most forward looking to seeing on the field? Because I know I, I want to see how the secondary shakes out because there's questions there. Scott may want to talk about the Defensive line, which we're going to talk about today, but I just wanted your opinion. Which, what's intriguing to you going into training camp? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a bit biased because I'm a former receiver, so I always anytime <laughs> I go out there, that's the first thing I'm watching. And obviously, you know, with all the tools that are in that receiving core now, and bringing in Devontae Adams, so I'm definitely going to be watching that. But in terms of like question marks and things that are you know intriguing going forward, you know, storylines with this team, I I'm really watching this offensive line because there are so many different you know pieces throughout this and question marks along there of how things are going to shape up. And look, when, when you 
Think about the simple fact that how many weapons this offense has. It's great on paper, but it's not going to be able to go to the same effect that it could if the offensive line isn't solid, isn't what we've seen this Raiders team have consistently over the years. The last couple of years, their offensive line play has dipped down, so they need to solidify that part of it in order for this offense really to reach you know, its, its uh, peak. Yeah, and Jesse, the, you talk about the offensive line, and I'll, I'll stay kind of in that realm just because you have a new coaching staff. You have all, all new coaches throughout, including at the positions. So you have the offensive line, which you got to shake out with the with the players and who's going to start, who's going to play right tackle, which we know Alex Leatherwood's going to get the shot there, but who's going to fill in those other spots? What about the just the change in grasping Josh McDaniel's scheme? What about that? How how much time? The, the schedule gets busy and tough from the beginning. They're not going to have a lot of time, so they have to get that pretty quickly. How much of a challenge do you think that will be for this team? Yeah, I'd imagine pretty challenging because, you know, you look at this offensive line as a whole, aside from Colton Miller, you know, it's a lot of young guys. Denzel Good as well, you know, not necessarily a young guy by any means, but, um, you know, a young group that kind of sort of, I think, just had the previous, you know, offense really figured out. And now you go and throw that in there. And then also the fact that the offensive line is a developmental position. So not only are you working on your craft, trying to better that, but you're also trying to really grasp and get a handle on this offense. Now, having said that, uh, this offense, I don't think is going to be as complicated as the previous one under John Gruden. I think things will be simplified a bit more. And I think Josh McDaniels is doing it kind of, you know, a lot of coaches will hear them talk about installing it in pods. And that's basically, you know, from my understanding, what they're going to be doing throughout camp and everything like that. And as the year goes on, I think, you know, given the fact that the question marks that we have, and I'm sure they do about this offensive line, you know, they're not going to do anything uh, that they're not comfortable with. And I think, again, that's where it's going to be. You know, the, the offensive line is going to be the motor for the rest of the, this offense and will define where it goes. So I think their comfortability with this scheme, what they're being asked to do is we're going to kind of really see, you know, how much the handcuffs come off of this offense, you know, and at what point of the season that really does happen. A lot of talk about the offense. And a lot of people are excited about the offense. I was, you mentioned Devontae Ham's coming in, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, another year with Derek Carr. But you're around the team. How, how is the team taken to their new defensive coordinator? I know Gus Bradley last year brought in a lot of his guys. So do you get a feel that the guys are excited about the new scheme? Like what, what is the vibe there on the defensive side of the ball? I do. Yeah, I think they're very excited about it. You know, the thing that always comes up, you know, when they talk about Patrick Graham is just the fire that the guy has. And a lot of them say, you know, he's like an interesting dude. I've heard that they refer him to that. <laughs> Yeah, multiple yeah. times, many different players, which I think is great because, you know, he just brings a different attitude, you know, to this group. Gus Bradley was a really cool dude, seemed very chill, uh, you know, and had his own quirks here and there and things that he said and did. But Patrick Graham, you know, it just seems like this guy, you know, for lack of a better word, is just a football nerd and is going to be, you know, bearing down and really going to make this scheme interesting for these guys. You know, the thing that he keeps saying so many times is multiple, multiple, multiple. That's what we keep hearing about this defense. And I really think that's going to be the case. No longer is it going to be, hey, we run this cover three. You know, that's just our thing. We're going to do it every single week, no matter who we're playing. I think we're going to see a much more game-specific game plan going into each of these weeks. And so things are going to be changing week to week, which I think will be more interesting, one, for the fans, but also, two for the players, too. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be things that stay the same and rules and, and stuff like that. But, you know, overall, I think we're going to see this scheme change a lot. And it is going to be really heavy, you know, defensively involving uh, the defensive backs, you know, which is – one mirrors the rest of the NFL, obviously, you know, the way that things are going, but also specifically that's something that Patrick Graham has talked about ad nauseum about the fact that like, look, hey, we need six solid DBs in order to be successful. And I'm honestly just more curious to see 
you know, how he employs those guys, but also, you know, how he's going to put these guys in the best position to succeed and what he sees as their strengths. You know, anytime a new coaching staff comes in, you kind of get a peek or a view of how they view these guys by where they place them on the field and different plays that they call and, and what things they're having them do. So I'm excited for that because you get another kind of peek into the evaluation process that they're going through with these players. Again, Jesse Merrick, News 3, Las Vegas is our guest. Jesse, let me ask you this, and it's going to be since you were a wide receiver and you played the position uh, and you talked about at the top of the segment here about the, the much anticipated Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and of course, all the history going back to Fresno State and the buddies and their best friends uh, and all of that is great. But, you know, from playing the game, when you get on the field, doesn't matter how much you liked each other and you might have played years ago. You have to build that chemistry in the flow of the game and in the offense. The chemistry overall, you know, that's one of the things that I'm going to look for in camp is just how fast they can get on the same page. For you, what, what's going to be the early telltale signs that they're either progressing nicely? It's not going to happen overnight, but they're progressing nicely or maybe they're running into some difficulties. You know, I mean, the biggest thing, honestly, is just going to be watching their interactions, you know, and seeing what they're doing, you know, on the sidelines. How much is verbal? How much is nonverbal? You know, when you've got that kind of connection with a quarterback, so much of it is honestly nonverbal. You just give them the look and then they know exactly what, you know, either a person really wants to do or supposed to do in that situation. So I think the more we hear from them, the more they're still working on, you know, continuing and building that, uh, you know, that chemistry. I think the less that we hear verbally from them, I think we'll see more and more like, okay, hey, that's that chemistry coming in. I personally don't think it's really going to take long for them. You know, as they do obviously continue to learn this offense, that's going to add a little wrinkle into it. But you know, when you've got chemistry, you've got chemistry. It can come back. It's like riding a bike, honestly, with a quarterback like that. No matter, you know, I know they haven't done it together in the NFL, but they have worked out together throughout many off seasons, uh, not for the last couple, just given the situation with COVID and everything like that. But, um, you know, having that experience with each other, I think is massive. And we've all seen it, whether it's on social media over the years, all this stuff of Derek Carr and these guys working out in the offseason, always at parks out here in Vegas, putting that work in. I think that's where we're going to see, you know, them kind of develop more of that. And, and I think, again, that's where it's going to be kind of like riding a bike for these two. Because, look, at the end of the day, like Derek Carr has had some pretty good weapons to throw to, but nobody like Devontae Adams. And having a guy like that simply helps, you know, take it to that next level where you just have this dude that, could do so many different things. And that where I think if we're going to see this offense, you know, um, kind of unlock itself is the connection that both of them have and how it opens up things for both Waller, Renfro, and all the other guys on the offense as well. Well, and, and Jesse, before we let you go, I appreciate your time today, um, is the one question I have too, and it, it kind of went away and everybody's saying the right things, which you certainly appreciate, uh, which is the Darren Waller situation, the contract he's going to get into camp as far as we know, right? No, no indication that he's going to have any issue. They're working on something maybe for the long term. Um, has, that, has that been talked about internally? Do you hear any buzz about it? Or is it pretty much just status quo and they're ready to go and he's ready to play football? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's not like not that big of a deal. It's not a massive talking point. I think simply because of, of who it is, that it's Darren Waller. I mean, he's such a chill guy. Obviously, look, he wants to get paid. You know, we all know that. Who wouldn't want to? But I, I think he's just one of those guys where he's like, every time that question does come up, he's kind of like, hey, look, you know, it'll happen when it happens. You know, I'm just in here working. You know, get the, the canned answer that you hear from a lot of guys. But I think when you look at this team specifically with – you know, Waller with Renfro, with Devontae, those are all like kind of non-ego guys. 
And I think mm. for that matter alone, I don't think any of this contract stuff, you know, is going to become an issue with Waller because I think he's confident that it's going to happen. You know, it's ha he's seen it happen with the guys before him. And I think now, again, it is just a matter of time. The big question is just going to be, you know, what is that number going to be? Because you see you know, money thrown around to some of these tight ends around the league. You know, I see a lot of people pointing out the number that uh, David Njoku got. And they're saying, man, if he gets that, what's Waller going to get? You know, so that obviously complicates things. But I think, again, you see a situation where guys, you know, take a little less both on the money side and also on the stat side for what this offense, what this could be for them going forward. You know, we've seen the way that they've uh, structured these contracts. The Raiders are kind of giving themselves that three-year window to really go and get it. And I think that's probably what we'll see with this Darren Waller contract whenever it does come. But, again, I don't think that's something that, that he's super worried about, that the team is really, you know, letting become any sort of issue. I think, again, more so just like, a, hey, it's going to come when it does. And they got, I believe, what, $21 million to work with right now on the cap. 21. So we'll see yep. if something does happen within the next week or so here. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And by the way, with you guys positioned so far from the team out on the field, <laughs> doesn't News 3 have a drone or they won't let you do the drone? Or you got to get the well, drone out there, right? We do have a helicopter. Funny story. We actually, <laughs> our, our morning uh, our morning news crew thought it would be a great idea to send the helicopter out to training camp one day without asking us. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously that's a big no-no because you guys know this. I don't know if more than many of the viewers do. There's times where you can and cannot shoot practice. Uh, and John Gruden obviously wasn't happy. Will Kiss, the Raiders, P Raiders PR guy, was not happy. We're, he's looking over at us like, what the thing is going on? You know, why is your helicopter here? And so we're on the phone with our station like, what are you guys doing down here? You got to get this thing out of here. <laughs> Safe to say, no drones, no helicopters. Otherwise, we may be barred from going to practice. I, I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> yeah, and, and the big three on the side doesn't – you can't deny it. Oh, that's not exactly. ours. That's not ours. Well, it's Channel 8. <laughs> it's Channel 13. You know, no, no. They know who it is. Oh, <laughs> Too funny. Jesse, as always, man, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you maybe towards the middle or end of camp to get your impressions, but we certainly appreciate you spending time with us here today. Hey, for sure, guys. Always love hopping on with you. I'm looking forward to it. All right. There you have it. Jesse Merritt giving us a little insight. Mo, you know, we heard a lot. I, I, it's nice when somebody says some of the things that we've been thinking from the outside, right? Some For two people who aren't at practice all day long, every day, like Jesse is, to kind of hear some of that. But that that continued, I think, feeling that this staff has this team in a position and focused on the right things and they're going about their business a certain way. Certainly, uh, if you're a Raider fan, it has to make you feel good. Details, details, details. I have a feeling you're going to hear that word a lot during training camp. Uh, as he says, not like the other coaches or John Gruden staff didn't focus on details, but I think that's going to be a sticking point with this staff, especially now he's, he did say Josh McDaniel's office. He doesn't think it's going to be as complicated as Gruden's, but on the other side of the ball, with Patrick Graham thinking about throwing multiple things at offenses, details going to be very, very important for that side of the ball. Yeah, it's all about executing, right? Execution, especially when you're moving things around. So it'll be interesting. All right, we are going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, Mo and I are going to dive into that defensive front. Yes, we know about Chandler Jones and, of course, the great Max Crosby. Uh, with his new contract and being very, very happy and living his best life. But at the same time, we have some questions on the interior. So we're going to get into that as we continue our preseason, pre-camp position breakdown here on Silver and Black today. Of course, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words.